Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number seven, Stacy Coleman. Now, Stacy is a killer music supervisor, and she is CEO of Gravel Pit Music. I've had the pleasure of working with her, and we're going to delve into that whole world of music supervision. So if you're an artist and you're looking to reach out to music supervisors and you're wondering what the hell goes through their head, we're going to talk all about that and more. So here we go. Let's get into it. Episode number seven, Stacey Coleman. Stacey, I know you because of our interactions. You know, I've been working with you and your, your company is awesome. And for those that are like, okay, music supervision. What the hell is that? How would you describe that to someone that's like, oh, that's interesting. I have no idea what that means. Well, I used to have no idea what it meant either. You know, you watch shows all the time as a kid and growing up thinking, oh, the music's great, but you never think how it got there. And lo and behold, there's a job called music supervision. And it is just the magical job of getting to pick and choose the songs that play as the amazing soundtrack and to the back of everything we watch on TV, you know, whether it's commercial, a TV show or a film, video games, it's, it's us really getting to put in the emotion. I feel like to, to all these things we view without the music, you wouldn't feel half the things you feel when you watch these pictures on TV. Now, how did you get into that? Like, you know, how do you find that, that, that door to just be like, boom, I'm in. I actually kind of fell into it. You know, I had a radio show in Utah in college, which syndicated in Las Vegas and, I had a, a big VP of a music comp- music publishing company hear it, and he hit me up on MySpace, actually. And I love that phrase the right there. Back <laughs> in the day, the dinosaurs of MySpace. <laughs> um, yeah, he hit me up and asked me if I'd come out and, and interview with him for a job. And I was like, hell yes, I was trying so hard to get out of Utah. <laughs> I will definitely go to Beverly Hills to meet you. And he introduced me to the world of the music business and the music industry and taught me all about publishing and music supervision. And from there on, I've been doing it ever since. And that was, that was 15 years ago. That was in 2005. So I was a baby. I was 22, dropped off in the big city and we've been doing it ever since. Now that's interesting. So 2005 and then in 2012, what, so did you kind of get the idea of like, I've been accumulating all this knowledge. I've been doing, you know, working on different shows here and there. I'm going to start my own thing. Yeah. Like I I worked for the guy who hired me and he started his own company from the ground and it was him and I and two other employees. And so I saw how that started. And then I was approached by another company to help them get started. And I was the vice president of that company and helped them get their music publishing and supervision company off the ground. And I was like, I, I can see that I can successfully do this for all these other people, let's take the leap of faith and try and do it for ourselves. That is so badass because to me, that is like the best self-education. Yeah. You just kind of got to get pushed, you know, you push off that ledge and you'll do it and, and miracles. Just, it was, it was perfect. And that, so what was that process like? How, what were you thinking as you were kind of building your own company? I mean, cause you've successfully helped other people. Did you have those moments where you were like, oh, this feels like a risk, but you were like, wait a minute. I yeah, did this for course. other people. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a risk for sure. I mean, I working for the man, you're not making very much money. So in, in living <laughs> in LA expenses are high. So taking that gamble of starting your own business is always super risky and stressful, but it definitely paid off. And I had acquired 
a vault of knowledge and of doing the business and knowing the right managers and labels and bands and other music supervisors that I felt very confident that I was going to be able to make it happen. And we did. So that is fascinating. Now I'm curious too, if you know, you had a radio show, what are things that you love to play? Like what was your style and your taste? Well, the, the station I worked for was KSUU power 91. We played the best <laughs> indie rock and stuff. So, I mean, back in the, when I was on the air, we were doing like, it was my chemical romance and blink 182 and seether and things like that that was what was on the the docket for the station so we had to stick pretty much to that but i was also a, a dj back in the day at the same time like at clubs and parties and stuff like that and tv shows and i was always i was always down for the the mashups of the classics with the hip hops and the dances so my musical taste is very eclectic and and i am one of those people who can say i do like everything and do you find that that's just what you know, for a music supervisor is, is great because you're getting exposed to probably, I don't know, how many submissions do you get from people being like, my music is perfect? I get submissions probably about 20 to 30 a day from people hitting me up through my website or through Instagram or Facebook wanting me to pitch their music, you know, mm. and it's, I'll tell you, I, I, I judge hard off of just a good email, you know. <laughs> I feel like if you can if you can write a good email and I can tell that you're going to be easy to connect with and talk with and and work with and you've got your got your stuff together then I'm more inclined to respond back and listen to the music so keep that in mind people. <laughs> oh that I I feel that's super helpful because I feel when I was getting into music licensing I was like okay I got the song okay the email. Yeah. What do I type? What's the uh subject and it was like so really what you're saying is it's like be a good human being, be authentic, yep. easy to deal with. Yep. Awesome. I'm down. And if your music is perfect, then you're, then we're in, let's do it. Exactly. And when you, and when you make that first email, make sure your, your stuff sounds tight, you know, don't send demos, send, send the thing that you think is going to blow my socks off, you know, and everyone's socks off. <laughs> everyone gets a little excited and print. Some people send things prematurely and that's just kind of a, a black ball. <laughs> I, I guess that's another question. What's something that you've heard where you were like, man, you know, you're so close, but like you missed the mark. Bedroom recordings, even though they sound good. And in theory, you think that they will be great. Um, not saying you can't do a bedroom recording. Just make sure it sounds professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just de definitely come to the table with your, your best foot forward, you know, and make sure everything sounds just really Really good. Sounds like make it sound like you can hear it on the radio. Doesn't matter what station that the radio is playing on, but make sure it has that quality. Make sure that when you are sending out your music, it's it's titled right. The metadata is in there, so when I open it up in my computer, I'm not gonna lose who sent it to me. You know, I, I need to know the name of the song and the artist and all that stuff. And that's that's a big that's a big suggestion. <laughs> I love that, especially metadata. When I first heard that in the beginning, I was just like, "The meta what? Um, meta who? What, <laughs> who is this? Is just like what is this element?" Right. Uh, so it, I guess in a you know a nutshell for someone that's maybe starting there, like I hear this word floated around metadata. Meta. What does that mean? Metadata is all the information that's tagged inside of your song. It's embedded in the file. It's the 
it's it's everything. It's the it's the artist name. It's the title. It's the genre. It's the album. It's the lyrics. It's the contact information. It's the songwriter information. If you want to go that far, you can go as in depth as you want to. There's so many fields that you can fill in, and the more the merrier. Uh, it is. It's and it's crucial because I've had you know songs sent to a music supervisor that I didn't hear for months, maybe a year. And then suddenly they're like, hey, remember this song you sent me? And I was like, well, how did they keep, oh, the metadata. Yep. Because they're probably, as you said, you know, if you're getting 20 to 30 submissions a day from people that's saying like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. What would you say your catalog right now you have to choose from when you get like a brief from someone and they're like, hey, we're looking for this. And then you immediately go, what is your process of kind of like, you know, deciphering what fits for a particular brief or a particular show that you're getting from? Well, I think when you, when you first read like the, the genre they're looking for, your mind goes to there. And when my, what I do is when I get the songs that I'm signing on to gravel pit, I'm going to take on, I, I go through and I listen to every song quite in depthly. And in the, in the metadata, in the genre section, I also go and I tag key phrases. I write down the key phrases, lyrics, emotions, things that it invokes out of me so that when I get a brief that's looking for something specifically, I can search for that in my system and it pops up all those songs and I can make playlists and, and decipher through the songs that way before I send out. That is, it's like you're like a music archaeologist too. It's like, what is this <laughs> song? Do? Because all the things that you're saying, like the emotions, how do I feel? Like you're, you're not only just like the supervisor, but you're like, okay, so I need to be like the person watching the show. I'm all, you're all these different characters and ex trying to experience all these different emotions and dig deep into the song of like, what does this have? What is this pulling out? What can I write to? There's so many different elements. I don't think people realize. Yeah, I no, we are like archaeologists. We're, we're getting out the brushes and we're dusting it off and we're getting out of the bones of every song, you know, and like seeing what really is there and, and what does it make me feel? How can it make others feel? And, and where will it fit and why? Oh, that is so good. Um, Daily, how many briefs do you say you get from different people that you've met throughout the years that are like, hey, this show, this this movie, this commercial, and then it's kind of flooding your inbox. Yeah. I probably get on average about 10 different briefs a day yeah. that we'll be submitting for some, some of those briefs will have, there'll be films and they'll have eight scenes that they need, or sometimes it'll just be one. Um, but I say about, about average of 10 a day that we're sending out songs for. So. Yeah, that's really good. I, and I guess that's another thing when people send you songs and they're like, Hey, my song's great. Would you uh, definitely say like links, please? No MP3s. Do not mm. attach in it. Yeah. That is just so yes. Do not send MP3s people. <laughs> it clogs up the, the inboxes. It makes everything incredibly slow. Like when I'm trying to send out my song ideas and upload and download on my end, getting an MP3 in my inbox just shuts everything down <laughs> to a snail's face. So yeah, send links, send, send streaming links so we don't have to download it. When you send stuff, send, send MP3s, don't send giant wave files. You know, we can always ask for those later. Yeah, that is, I because I, I remember being like, okay, do not send an MP3. Do not, do not. Because <laughs> that was one of the first, and then suddenly they were like, never do that. I had a friend that was like really deep, and he was like, dude, don't do that. Just a link, send a disco link. And I was like, disco, disco. disco. And I was like, Oh, you mean this link. So that's, that is super, super helpful. I, I feel like, you know, for a lot of songwriters, do you feel like s sometimes the things that they're sending you like emotionally, it's great, but do you ever find like lyrically they get a little too off the mark where they're saying it's perfect for this, but they haven't listened to a particular show and they're, they're saying, Oh, it's great for this. And then you listen, you're like, 
did you listen to that show? It doesn't seem to really match up. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, songwriting is, is, is a poetry for sure. It can get very in depth and personal, which is great. I mean, some of the best songs are that um, when it comes to seeking songs for, for TV and film, I, a general lyric is always great. You know, like the, the more personal it gets to you, the more hard it is for it to fit in the right moment on screen. So I would say definitely make a catchy hook and chorus. <laughs> I think we could just make that a general for every song. Yes. <laughs> when you're sitting down, right? Please make a good chorus. And it, it just opens the doors for so many more things, you know? And do you so. feel too like, you know, varied? Um, and that was one thing that I discovered because I came from, I loved punk rock and don't get me wrong. Punk rock's awesome. But sometimes the volume that I was used to presenting things was just at, we hit the ceiling very early. Right. And it looked like one large wave file from beginning <laughs> to end where dynamics, not only just like, you know, good subject matter to keep it flowing and not too specific or like too, too personal. Like I met her in Mississippi on seventh Avenue at four forty five. Yeah. where, but also production wise that there's got to be some flows and some ebbs that like you can look and be like, Oh, there's so many different sections of the song that can be utilized. Yes. Yes. Peaks and valleys are great. I mean, it just, it gives the editor, the music editor, so many things to work with, you know, you can build and you can ramp up on the emotion and you can hit it hard and you can drop and come back. There's so many different things. You can use one part for a chase scene in a movie while you can use another section of the song for some sappy love moment, you know? So it's it's fun. It's great to have different dynamics in, in what you're doing, not just one solid wave, whether it's big or small. Just uh, yeah, no one. So no one particular small wave size or large one, and no uncatchy hooks. Like please make them all catchy, <laughs> if all possible. And now, to me, sync licensing. You know, this is a perfect opportunity for musicians that say things like, "Oh." there's not a lot, lot of opportunity for musicians. Like it's hard to make in music. But when I discovered sync licensing, it was like, oh, wait a minute. There's a way to, you know, do music. And it's like, it's an authentic way. And it's an amazing way. This is a very viable income for people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely nowadays where, I mean, everything is streamed and, and album sales are, are different than they used to be back in the day. And it, it's, it is a great way. It's a great way. I mean, how many times do you hear that song on TV and you're like, what is that? And you're shazamming it or you're Googling it. You're typing down lyrics and you're trying to find out who that band is and you're gaining a giant fan base by a sync placement. So not only is it the monetarily value that you're getting from the actual license up front, as well as your royalties on the back end, but you are also gaining a fan base who is going to pump you up, make you a bigger artist and generate those more fans and also more sync opportunities. Cause honestly, the bigger you are, the better and the more, the more clout behind you is ammo for me to sell you to someone to, to place your song. You know, with all the bands that you deal with and the artist, has there been one that stuck out to you where you found them and you were like, Oh shit. They're really good. They're really good. Yeah, uh, just like it just like it just like excited you. You were like, does anyone else know about this? Because I feel that's kind of cool a cool thing for music supervisors. Sometimes they're getting things that like are on the verge 
of being something really like they they're like i think i found something it's like discovering like a new atom or something and just being like or element and being like i think i found this for sure i mean i have a very specific band back in what was it 2009 i got this i got this email from this band in las vegas and i was like ooh, these guys sound good i like this i like this and I said, okay, I'll work with you non-exclusively. Let me pitch your songs. And I was able to generate a few few placements here and there. And then I got them a big promo spot for American Idol. It was a commercial. And a few weeks later, they got signed to a giant record deal. And now they're one of the most well-known bands in the world. And that is Imagine Dragons. So it is... Very awesome to find that band where you're just like, shit, this is good, you know, and and nobody knows about it. And you're like, let me see what I can do. And amazing things like that happen. And then Imagine Dragons is is now on everyone's phone, radio, everything. I did not know you. That is that's a that's a very badass answer. to That's so I mean, how I don't think people realize how. You know, if you're starting small, I've had some say, you know, uh, you know, you know, getting your stuff in commercials, it's it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, like television, it, you don't know where that's is. going to lead. It is, you know, like no, like the the album that I was working of Imagine Dragons, like probably not very many people have ever heard it after they found out who Imagine Dragons was because it got it got scrapped by the label, you know, and they and they made a new sound, but. Yeah, that, that those songs that I have on my computer that are living in, in the fans from back back in the day, we still have those songs, and those are the songs that were heard by music executives, and they thought these guys have something, you know, and it's because of those commercials and those TV placements. So, otherwise, they probably wouldn't have heard them. Oh, that is so good. Um, so, especially when you're choosing songs, do you ever find that you gravitate towards? you know, moments when you hear a song that it also just means something to you, that it speaks in a way that you're just like, this is so powerful and this needs to be heard. Absolutely. You know, like I definitely have styles of music that I like and I, I tend to draw towards like wanting to sign. And, but yeah, lyrically, if there's something that, that hits me, it goes in like in a little special file, you know, like I have all these different little playlists I make and for different moments just in case someone needs it and I and I tag them and file them away and in my favorites and, and why I like them and they honestly end up being songs that I pitch more often than others <laughs> just because I do love them so much and, and I see the value in them and I want them to be heard so I, I guess I can say that sometimes I do play favorites when you have a favorite your mind always goes there so and and it's understandable because if you in if it's almost like if the artist is being authentic, because I think mm-hmm. that's another realm where people are like, oh, I've heard this said so many times, like, oh, this is a sync song. And I listen to it and I'm like, what makes it? Oh, you mean it's just a blow off song? No, that doesn't qualify as a sync song right. because they're just like, oh, it's just like, you know, just a couple things. It's It doesn't mean that much. And I'm like, actually, the authenticity part is actually the most crucial part of sync. Absolutely. I mean, we get so many songs that are just like knockoffs. You can tell exactly what song they're emulating that is on the radio right now that they want to sound like. because they're trying to get that same spot, which is great. I mean, many of the briefs we get are to replace songs and you, they want that same sound. They want that same vibe, but they can't afford it. But definitely don't sell out and lose your authenticity of why you started writing songs in the first place. 
it's kind of like find the things that you love and gravitate towards them. If you exactly. don't love, if you don't love Coldplay, Kings of Leon, Imagine Dragons, Billie Eilish, then don't replicate songs exactly. in that genre because you're going to produce ones that just sound like somebody that doesn't like or is just learning how to write songs like exactly. those artists. Exactly. And that brings me to another thing to say is like, find that topic, find that genre, find that niche of yours that you are amazing at. Um, there, there, a lot of people that I do skip over, it's, they come to me and they say, I can write hip hop, rock, opera, like everything across the board. I can do everything, you know, tell me what you want. I have it all. I, I delete those emails because I want someone who is passionate in one, one sector and they're going to kill it, you know? Yeah. So, so find that one thing and just be the best at the one thing. <laughs> it never go to a restaurant where it's just like, it's a Chinese, Italian, Spanish, and yeah. they do yeah. killer Greek. It's just like, that would be the worst restaurant possible. Yeah, we don't want the poo-poo platter. We want the, we want the main course. We want, we want the special. I feel like it's like if, when Gordon Ramsay goes to a restaurant and he was like, shit, look at this. And he's seeing like, you know, 20 million things on the, and he was like, what is this restaurant? Exactly. He's confused. So if you're confused, it's like, it's almost like the music supervisor is the filter to be like, this is quality. And when it's just like, I have no idea what this is. No. Yes. That's, that's exactly, exactly right. So if you're, if you're doing hip hop and metal and opera, I, I, it's, it's, you're doing too much. <laughs> please pick one of them that you feel <laughs> that you're really and, and no then that's another good thing to just it's okay to limit yourself to like a particular genre and just and immerse yourself in that genre yeah and just go with write, it yeah and live into it because that's when you're probably going to produce the most authentic type of songs and the songs that sound really good absolutely i, I couldn't agree more that's exactly why they are going to sound better because you care more about exactly what you're doing and you're putting you're putting a piece of yourself into it, not just pumping out music for the sake of pumping out music. Are there projects? I know things are kind of slow right now, but there are things that you're looking at that you are super excited when you got the brief. You were like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I I love to nerd out on my job. It's I, I literally love my job. There's not one day that I'm like, oh shit, I have to go listen to music today. <laughs> find a, find a song for this brief. No, I love it, and I get I really do get excited for the tiniest little spots and the biggest spots. Um, right now, I'm really excited for a movie coming out called War with Grandpa, starring Robert De Niro. We got the big end credit song, so oh, it's going to awesome. be cranked up as loud as it can get. Full song play, so. Stoked about that. It's a, it's a band called Night Swimmer. Um, the new song, Into the Wild. I think it's, I think it's really cool. So we're excited about that. Um, also dropping today, most everywhere, probably in drive-in theaters, not actual movie theaters, is um, the new X-Men movie, New Mutants. We have a big song in there by our band Foxy. And so we're pretty excited about that. And yeah. But as far as like getting excited, I, I honestly do get excited about them all because I think Gravel Pit, I try to get the best of the best in all genres. And I feel like we have a really badass roster and vault of music and I get stoked to share it with, with everyone whenever possible. So I can tell because just talking to you, as you said, you're like, you don't wake up and go like, ah, oh, got to discover and listen to some music and then just <laughs> play some songs. So here we go. No, it's just like, this is a thing that you've created. 
Yes. And it's just, and it's just like, it's so awesome to take something that went from an idea to like, you know what, I can do this. And then you've built it successfully. And it's not just you, but you're helping so many musicians realize, oh shit, I can do this. I mm-hmm. th- like, this is a thing. So you, the empowerment that you give to musicians is huge. Yeah. Well, thank you. Like I, I, I really do. I, I love the job. I love music. I, I can't play a lick of it, but I sure love to listen to it. And I like, to, <laughs> uh, I love to see what we can make happen with all these bands that you do here. And they are small little bands and, and they're playing coffee shops and they're playing little bars and, and you hear it and you know that it's amazing. Um, like, the first time I heard the guard owls, like I was, I was floored. I love those songs. And I was like, wow, people need to hear this. I can't wait to hear more. And oh, it's, it's, it's a really you. special <laughs> feeling to be able to find a band like that. No, like I, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not pumping you up just for the sake of pumping <laughs> you up. I, I, I really do love like your songs home and crazy are, are fantastic songs and they couldn't be more perfect for the, the licensing and sync world. And it's and then not because it sounds like they were written just for syncs, but they are all those things that we've talked about. They are personal, they are authentic and they just feel special. So I, good job. I will, thank you. I will also <laughs> give it's Maddie. Maddie's voice is just the first time I heard Maddie sing and uh, we're going to have her on. I was just like, can I just listen to you on repeat? Yeah. And I'll She's just, incredible. I'll just, I'm just like, I'll just listen to you sing. And that's, and I think that was the thing where I was just like, the fact that I could just sit here and listen to her sing and just be like, mm-hmm, yes, I'm yeah. I'm the warm, yeah. The warmth and emotion that comes out of her voice just, it's so, like, just, it, it just stops you. It's tantalizing. It's, it's, it's a, the most amazing, like, little earbud that you can have. And it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm really excited about your guys' music. Oh, thank you. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your insight. I loved getting a chance to talk to you, just not over email, but like over the internet and hearing your voice and just the passion you have for music licensing. I absolutely appreciate you. And thanks for spending time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on and, or me on. There's, there's only one of me and all of my, gem, <laughs> my Gemini personalities. Um, but yeah, thank you. It's been really fun and I look forward to getting to meet you in person one day. Yes, I totally agree with that. I love working with Stacey because she's kick-ass at what she does, but as a human being, she's even more kick-ass. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. It was great to do something that wasn't just an email back and forth, but I actually physically got to talk with her. Here's what's crazy. Songwriters are constantly trying to figure out how to write a catchy solo, an intro, an outro, a turnaround, and they're using too many notes. They're not thinking about the layers. They're not thinking about any of that. And as I'm saying this, if lights are going off in your head and you're like, Mike, I'm not thinking about that either. That's why I created the Songwriting for Guitar Insiders group, because I just posted two modules this month when it comes to creating hooks inside Logic Pro. So if you're one of those songwriters that's starting to delve in, starting to demo things, and you're wondering what makes a good hook, how do I layer my guitars? Do not worry. I got two modules that are gonna guide you through that process. So all you got to do is head to songrangforguitar.com, click the Songwriting for Guitar Insiders group. You're going to get immediate access to those modules. They're going to guide you through the things that you know. And guess what? Every month I give you a new skill building module and you're also connected with a group of folks that are on that same journey. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. This was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Until next time.